Welcome to Gracefully Growing Together. I'm your host, Christian, alongside my wife, Samantha. We hope you enjoy today's show. Did you know that most of the time, people spend a lot of time and effort and they go over planning every single detail of the wedding, but they don't spend even a fraction of that time or effort on planning for their marriage. All right, so as a man and for our guest as well, please explain to me the difference between planning for a marriage and planning for a wedding. Well, when you think of a wedding, it's this beautiful ceremony, but it's an event. And in our culture, most of the time, it's just a one-day event. That can be an all-day event. It can be several hours because you have, you know, the ceremony and then the after party and all those things. But it's just a day and it's fleeting and it goes by really quick. However, the marriage is what happens after everyone leaves. After the family and friends go and it's just you kind of looking at your spouse. (laughs) (laughs) And yet that's the part that I feel kind of not necessarily gets overlooked but we don't put enough um into our hearts to prepare for that after yeah no that makes sense because we sit there and we i remember planning our own wedding ironing out every detail trying to get the right colors um, logistics where it's happening at and then having everyone else tell you what they think you should have in your wedding Mm -hmm. and you do that and then all of a sudden you get married and your wife is pregnant and she tells you hey (laughs) um i'm quitting my job and I'm like, what? Como? Yo no hablo espanol, but you're you're speaking something kind of foreign language to me. Now here's the thing: that was an expectation that was never communicated. Yeah. And that's kind of what we want to lead off with um, as far as preparing for a marriage. We want to give you some tips. We're not going to go into too much detail on this episode. Yeah. But just some things to look at as far as what you need to speak about or talk about to kind of prepare for marriage instead of just the wedding. Now, you might have someone that's doing premarital counseling with you, which I would 10 out of 10 recommend doing premarital counseling. Um, But even sometimes, I I think we had good premarital counseling sessions, but I think that there there could have been more depth to it in the sense of like, we were both leaders. Yeah. And like we were both leaders in the church and we had been active in ministry and and serving in different capacities over several years. And we love the Lord. And so we went through a few counseling sessions with our pastor and he hit very general topics. But Mm -hmm. I feel like even I went into marriage with this kind of false expectation of we're leaders. Yeah. We got this. (laughs) Right. We we love Jesus. (laughs) But I think it's easy for someone to kind of assume, oh, you love the Lord, you know, but let's, but let's, what we've learned is let's just not assume that people know more than what they know. And so um, if you go through premarital counseling, you should have some of these things talked about. Yeah. Such as finances. (laughs) Yeah. That was a big one. Um, I had no idea that you were planning on, on a joint bank account. And for those who don't know, I grew up in a home where my parents were divorced and I watched my family members live their lives as well. And as a, and you work at a bank. I did. So one of the things we see, and I work at a bank now, so I see it all the time too, where a, a couple gets into an argument, they're both joint signers, and the first thing they do is go and withdraw and take all the money out of the account. And so for me, <clears throat> I was not expecting to have a joint bank account. 
Yeah, I remember whenever we whenever we got married. See, and yeah. we got married without talking about that, like yeah. joining our bank. Accounts. And that's a simple thing to talk about. It's so it's so yeah. simple, but we didn't discuss it. And I remember coming to you and being like, "Okay, when are we gonna do this? Uh, when are you gonna come by and sign documents?" And <laughs> and you looked at me like a deer standing in headlights, and you were like, "What? We're not doing that." Yeah. And. I didn't understand that because to me, that was my expectation for marriage. Now, let me say this. We did end up joining our accounts. Yeah. But it took me a while because even once we joined our accounts, I remember I was trying to keep a ledger of our account to, to yeah. keep a good Not account. what you should be doing. Of, of our finances and where they're going. And we had two debit cards on the account. And we were just trying to figure, to navigate that whole thing. Right. And I remember asking about certain transactions. And you, I kind of got pushback. Yeah. Because to me, I would see things all the time on people's accounts where they didn't spend it. Somebody mm-hmm. stole their information. And at this time, we were living in one town and he was working in another. But he was working in Houston. And with that, I mean, there are so many different places your account could, you know, yeah. information could be stolen. So to me, I was asking, hey, did you did you go here? And it was a very innocent yeah. Hey, did you buy lunch here? And I remember you getting so upset. Well, yeah, because that whole mindset, oh, I'm not going to have someone watch everything I do. This is my money. One that's selfish. Yeah. <clears throat> and we'll hit on that later about sharing, right? Yeah. But it but came from... It came from a fear-based mindset. And, th- and so that's another thing I want to talk about is, are your expectations biblical? Are they cultural? Or are they based out of fear and anxiety? Yeah. Or are they, um, I would even say, are your expectations unreachable? Mm-hmm. Such as uh, like romance movies, right? You yeah. want to talk about that as far as... Yeah. So, you know, our culture kind of embraces love, right? It's beautiful. It, yeah. it is. And I think everyone chases after that. Everyone desires that love. However, the love that we see in movies and books and as a as a girl i grew up watching all the disney movies and all the princess you know all the things now as an adult i think they're silly but right. i mean but you see this like fantasy of love and what it's supposed to look like where you find that one person and they complete you in every way and they're just the thing that you were missing your whole life um, and then they're going to, you know, romance you and sweep you off your feet. And, and they're going to do it every day. And they're going to do it every yeah. day. <laughs> every day, every <laughs> moment, <clears throat> whether you're sick and have the flu or you're both sick. <laughs> so there, so that was an expectation yeah. that came from like just things I grew up. I guess I just expected. I, what it was I blame the notebook. Like. The notebook. <laughs> I blame the notebook. When uh, but... But we go into marriage a lot of times with these expectations. And then, of course, in the dating and then the, you know, you're engaged. And, like, there there are all those emotions. Not that I don't still feel those now after seven years of marriage. But um, you, you feel them a lot more intense and they're a lot more together. And you don't have, like, life right now. We have kids. Yeah. and Well, it's a first, too. Yeah. You know, this is the first time you're getting the butterflies around this The honeymoon person. stage. Yeah. Well, and I still feel like we're on a honeymoon now, just saying. <laughs> but I understand what you're saying because a lot of times, what what do we hear from people? I just don't feel the same way about you anymore. Yes. Or even another one that's cringy. You're not the same person I married. I'm like, bro, <laughs> you got married at 22. She was 20, 20 years old. You're 35 with four kids. Yeah. <laughs> if she was the same person, 
y'all failed. <laughs> like, you did not grow. You're supposed to grow. And that's kind of why we wanted to start this podcast was talking about what it looks like to grow gracefully together. Okay. And learning all the things. So let's talk about the next thing I have on my list, and that's sharing. You know, so the things we teach our little ones. Sharing <laughs> is caring. <laughs> Except when it comes when we're adults. Um, we don't think about... You know, it's easy to share, like, physical items, right? I'll share my um, my shirt with you whenever but you want to sleep in a big, comfy shirt. But, you know, getting you to share your fries in a meal is... Okay, hold on. <laughs> I, I grew up in a... With, like, with younger siblings. We fought for our food. <laughs> you, you don't touch my plate. Stay to your own side. Or, hey, if you wanted this, you should have ordered it. Yeah. But I was not prepared to share my where like everything like mm-hmm. as far as like my whereabouts or as far as what i'm going to do and my time yeah i'm like like all right fellas uh heads up when you get married don't think you're still going to be playing ball with the boys or at this point for you for the younger generation gaming every single day like you have a beautiful woman next to you and you are playing video games with a bunch of other dudes <laughs> um yeah good luck <laughs> I mean that can that can be for a little while, but somebody's going to get frustrated, and there's going to be well, and then some well, there's a balance, right? Because yes, when it's we all first because when we first got married, I, I know I would admit when we, and that's something that um, I would encourage people to think about as well as far as preparing for marriage is um, Genesis two of of leaving your family, yeah. right? A man should leave his mother and father and become one with his wife, and so I was not prepared. For the time that I would not spend with my family anymore. Mm-hmm. And all the time that we would spend together. Mm-hmm. And because I wasn't prepared for that, I didn't prepare my... And when I say family, my mom, my dad. My dad already kind of knew. But my brother. Because so I lived in Houston. I worked. I lived with my dad. I saw my, and I saw my brother three or four times a week. We sang, And we talked every day. And then, of course, I lived with my dad. So I saw him every day. And I would see my mom two or three times a week. And so, especially in the Latino culture, family is just, yeah, it's huge. Mm-hmm. Versus when Sam got, when Sam and I were engaged in planning marriage, she was already living on your, you're already living on your own, yeah, right? Yeah, I was an hour and a half away from my parents. Yeah, and you already had your own, you worked, yeah. made your own way through life. Yeah. Now, we get married, and so you're already used to this, and I'm having to deal with being homesick. Mm-hmm. And I didn't think about, I didn't think about that that part either because I had already done that like you know for me like my life was there and I knew you wanted your life to be there but I don't think I walked through that with you with enough understanding of how much change that meant for you because you were moving away from everyone right and it was like no you know just the little things that you really don't think about until after you stop doing them yeah such as like family dinners getting getting together on Sunday and watching games and realizing if I wanted to do that, I have to drive an hour and a half. Yeah. And then two, like I love my family, but it's a date night. I can't be talking on the phone with mom for an hour <laughs> while I'm on a date. <laughs> Please no. <laughs> I love your mom. <laughs> right. And um Don't suggest that though on no. a date night. No, and and here's the thing, most your your parents are understanding. And mm-hmm. in fact, one thing that we are pretty big on too is setting boundaries. Yeah. And that's something to discuss while you're engaged is it's something you should already have set up for not just each other, but for your family. And so I know while we were preparing for the wedding, 
Um, you were being overwhelmed by not just some of your friends and family, but some of my own family members as well. Mm-hmm. So how did you, what does that look like when you have a mother-in-law who is constantly messaging you, texting you, saying you should do this for your wedding, you should do that for your wedding. And at the time, you were not a confrontational person. I was not. And I think it's also important to to mention that we met in January of 2015. We had our first date the last day of February of that same year. And we were engaged and married in November. So all in one year, yeah. I'm meeting you, I'm meeting your family, and our, I'm learning different personalities, and I'm not very confrontational. So at that time, when I had all of my family members messaging me and my mom was messaging me, I could easily say, Mom, I don't like this. Right. <laughs> I don't like this idea. And and she was cool, and we were fine, and there was no hurt feelings. But when it came to your mom messaging me with yeah. ideas. And there's no same, relationship. There's no relationship yeah. there, really. Um, now, we have a relationship now. Yeah, but like you met her, what? just? I met her a couple times. Yeah, like and, a, literal, a literal hand full of times yeah so I didn't spend a lot of time around her and so I wasn't sure how to say hey I don't like thank you for this this. but I don't like this idea I have an idea of what I'm looking for so I've, I've got like I'm working on this yeah but I didn't know how to bring that up so I remember calling you I was very frustrated (laughs) (laughs) and Again, I'm trying to learn how to to bring things to you because as much as I love you and I know that we are planning a life together and we're going to be married, like I'm still learning your personality. Our personalities are different. The complete opposite. So I'm still learning (laughs) how to talk to you, but I remember calling you and saying, hey, you have to talk to your mom because I'm really overwhelmed. She's sending me all these ideas and I'm not going to use them, but I was afraid of hurting her feelings. Yeah, and then too... Uh, we process information differently. Yeah. So I come from a marketing background. We li- we I call it throw spaghetti on the wall and see what sticks. And we literally will sit in a table when I was working, a few of us, and we would just go over different ideas. Mm-hmm. Hey, what do you think about this? What do you think about that? What about this design? What if we package it this way? And we will literally just have throw all of that out there. Well, I thought that was normal. So when Sam and I first got married... My communication was like, hey, let's go Hey, let's go eat at Chili's. And then while we're driving to Chili's, ooh, you know, Casa Donboni sounds good, which is a Mexican restaurant in Liberty. Or let's go to, you know, let's go to, um, let's go get tacos from the taco stop. And, all, and I would throw out five different restaurant ideas while driving to Chili's. Yeah, I didn't. That and didn't she was make- just overwhelmed. And now <laughs> take that and then maximize it by 10 because now it's, she's sitting there and she's like, okay, I like these centerpieces for the wedding. Well, after it's already set, she's still getting messages from yeah. my mom. Hey, what do you think about this? What do you think about that? And and nothing wrong. And now here's the thing. Yeah. Everyone has good intentions for the most part. Yes. We are, when you're, especially the in-laws. They want you to have the best wedding. They want you to have a great marriage. They want everything good and wonderful for you. But... You have to be willing to set healthy boundaries mm-hmm. and you have to, and if you haven't learned and you're still, and you're engaged or you're single, learn to tell your parents no in love and in honor. Yes. Right. Cause I'm a type, I'm a, I wouldn't say type A personality, but I have no problem saying no. And sometimes I can be a little too harsh. Yeah. That's and where it, I come in. Yeah. <laughs> well, it, well, here's the thing. Your personality is not an excuse to be rude. Mm-hmm. If you're just that. Type A, or if you take the DISC personality test, you're a D personality. 
I'm going to tell you how it is. That's not an excuse to go and run people over or say, screw your feelings. Here is, you know, I'm going to, here's what I think. It's no, you do it with love. You do it with honor. When you set boundaries, it should actually create life. Mm -hmm. And um, do you want to talk about as far as the difference between a boundary and a wall? So a wall is typically something we use to separate something and keep it like something out. If that wall, I'm... Yeah, a a wall is something that you set up mm-hmm. and it's saying there is no access into this part. Yeah. You have lost access here. Mm-hmm. And then a gate, it's it ha- it's a door. Yeah. You have the opportunity to open it, but it, it will open with conditions. Yeah. But but a a boundary is like a ga- like a like a fence, like a gate, like it it kind of draws the line of like, yeah. "Hey, this is my boundary." This is where I'm, I, I will allow you to be here, you know. Um, but I think it's important to do that with both both sides of the family. And when that happened with the wedding planning, mm-hmm. I remember coming to you and you had that conversation with your mom. And early on, we kind of set that boundary of you deal with your family. Yep. I don't want to say deal, but you know what no, I mean. That, yeah. You handle things when it comes to your family. And I handle things when it comes with my family. And that way it keeps most of the drama out yeah and that's great especially if you are living a sanctified and holy life and you have just you have friends and family members that aren't quite there yet for an example we have in the latino culture we have quinceaneras and so when the parties happen we tell everyone up front hey if you want us to be a part of it that's great but as soon as as soon as people start getting drunk we're out Mm -hmm. like we love you but that's our boundary we're not going to hang around people who are drunk Especially, Especially with kids. Yeah. That's what yeah. I was going to say. But, and then too, though, when you set it up front and yeah. you do it with love, you do it with honor. And I cannot overemphasize that. Mm. With humility and meekness. And it's, but you're saying, look, I love you. I really do. But I live a lifestyle in a specific way that I will not allow this to be a part of my life. Or when you have kids, your, your children's lives. Mm-hmm. Especially when you're planning for marriage because you have to set boundaries with your spouse. And you take Sam, who was non-confrontational, and you take me, who at the time would just run you over if you know if you didn't say anything. And that kind of happened at the beginning of our marriage. Yeah. And what? You would wait? I would, I would <laughs> wait to confront certain things until I couldn't hold it in anymore. And then it was almost like an explosion. Now... We didn't really fight, no. but I could have spoken softer. <laughs> right. But, I mean, we've never really had a shouting match. No, but or, I would wait because I didn't know how to bring certain things up to you. And so I would wait until it was just too much. And, like, I remember even <laughs> even one specific time when we had planned a date night. Oh goodness! <laughs> At the begin, like on a Sunday, we're like, "Hey, on this day, we are gonna we're gonna have a date on this day, and like we're gonna go to dinner or whatever." Yeah. Well, we never spoke about it again. No. And then that day comes. I know in my heart, like tonight, whenever he gets home, we are gonna go and just have some time together. Like yeah. I'm, I'm expecting this. Yeah. And I get a phone call on your drive home, and you're like, "Hey." Uh, so-and-so invited me to go play basketball, so I'm going to go hoop with the boys. And I was like, what? Okay. And now, I should have said something at that moment, but I was so hurt that I just kind of froze. 
Yeah. And I was like, okay. And then you got home and I... I Hold was, on, you forgot the other part. What was the other part? After playing basketball, I called you and said, hey... Because at that point, you're like, okay, well, maybe he's going to pick up dinner. We're going to have a movie. Yeah, like maybe he's going to make it up to me after. Yeah. Now, I never said anything because I just expected him to remember, I guess, and he didn't. And so then after the basketball game is over, he calls me or texts me. I can't remember. And he says, hey, we're going to go grab food at Whataburger, so I'll be home late. And I was like, we're just, I'm not even getting this date. But I was so angry. No, yeah, and then I get home and I am gassed out and tired. I can tell, you know, you walk in, it's like there's a disturbance in the force. Like, there's, she is ticked. I know she's ticked. I'm like, I'm gonna go shower real quick. But, but I didn't know. I should have said something at the very, very beginning. beginning, right? And I legitimately forgot, right? And, and so I would say this uh, for both, <laughs> both people, everyone involved: do not assume. Anything. Yeah. Do not assume that they remembered that they were going to take you on a date. <laughs> Make sure you confirm the day put, before and that morning. Put it on sticky put, notes. Yeah. I'm looking. I'm so looking forward to having dinner with you on right. Thursday. And, and you don't have to say, "Hey, don't forget about this." It's I'm like what exactly how you said it. I'm looking forward to this with you, and that way we're like, "Oh, that's right." And so I get home, I shower, <laughs> and then I lay down, and she's next to me, and I'm falling asleep, and I can I could just feel her staring darts at me. <laughs> just staring at me and she's like sorry are we gonna talk i'm like about what <laughs> he had no idea i had no idea <laughs> and i expected him to know because it was so important to me it was important it yeah. is yeah like, but there was no reminding i didn't remind you earlier in the week we, and, it's, we and i will take responsibility because that's as a man you are supposed to be a man of your word if you say something, men, if you say you're going to do something for your partner, you better come through and do it. Like that's, you're a man of your word. That's manhood 101. And so that was my fault. I should have paid, I should have paid attention to that. And so we get home and she starts talking. And when she tells me, so I was, you know, she tells me what happened. I was like blown back. But and I felt so sorry and then I ended up falling asleep on her. But I didn't just say, hey, you forgot about this. Like no, I, she gave me the business. I gave him the business. And I went on and on and on. Talked, like, I talked way too long. And But to me, I had held everything in. And yeah. I had sat home alone. And so I had time to stew. And I had time to think and get more angry. And, and so it all came out. And then he falls asleep. In the middle of it all coming out. Because well, I remember telling her, like, hey, it's midnight. I got to get up early. Um, I'm I'm gonna I'm tired and I fell asleep the first time and she woke me up like did you really fall asleep? <laughs> I'm like no 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 I didn't fall asleep, and then not even thirty seconds later I am snoring again. And then I woke him up again, and I don't remember what I said, but I was like I can't believe you fell asleep on me, and I stormed out of the room. Now ladies, what was he supposed to do when I went out of the room? Christian, what were you supposed to do when I went out of the room? So what I was supposed to do is get up and go go to the couch where you were at and say, I'm sorry. How can I make it up to you and comfort you and love on you like the like an amazing husband would do on a soap opera or a Hallmark movie. Right? Yep. I was supposed to I was supposed to be I don't even know the guy's name from the notebook, whatever his no. name is. Ryan Gosling. Yeah. Right? Like, I'm supposed to be, I'm supposed to go over there, I'm supposed to hold you and tell you how sorry I am. And I rolled right on over and went to sleep. <laughs> so I'm sitting in the living room and I'm waiting. 
And after a couple minutes, I'm like, this boy is not coming out here. And then I just sat there. And then I was embarrassed because I'm like, okay, I just acted like a child and expect. But again, I expected him to follow me. So we talked about it later and I no longer have that expectation. Well, here's the thing. (laughs) Uh, We won't go into detail about this, but heart talk versus head talk. Yeah. And if you, uh, Java with Jen, a friend of ours, she has a podcast. That's actually the podcast name. Or Java with Jen, learning to hear the voice of God or something like that. Hearing God's voice in everyday life. There we go. Sam remembers everything. And so she talked about that in one of her episodes, which is amazing. And at that time, I was giving head talk when she was arguing. Not arguing, but when she was telling me what was the issue. Because I'm like, it's midnight. We should not be having important conversations when when I'm falling asleep. Let's wait till the morning. I did not know Sam is somebody that if she does not get it off her chest, she cannot sleep. Yeah. And so that was part of the issue is Sam's like, I can't sleep unless we talk. And I'm like, well, I'm going to sleep because I can't talk. (laughs) I'm over here stumbling and bumbling. Like, I can't make it through. And so we actually from that night came up with a new rule. Unless it's an absolute emergency, we don't discuss anything important after a certain time. Because the filters go off, you're too tired to think straight. Mm-hmm. But at that time, she wasn't asking me to speak logically in the sense of, you know, fix a problem, A, B, C, D. It was, I need you to minister to my heart. Yeah. And, and as there's a difference. Now, again, we set that expectation. I'm not God. Yeah. I'm not here to fulfill you. I'm not here to play God's role. Yeah. The Holy Spirit is a comforter. Now, but we, I mean, and we did go into marriage setting that boundary and expectation because yeah. it's the same. Um, we went into marriage knowing you will never complete me and I will never complete you. Right. So anything that you need from God, I can't do that for you. I can't be that for you. Yeah, you can't make me be, quote unquote, that fulfillment as a man. Yeah. All of the things that we see in movies and yeah. TV, all of that, that's not the reality here. The no. reality is God is the one who fulfills. Well, God, God is, is the one who speaks identity. Your identity comes from the word. Yes. It comes from the father. Right. And so in the middle of that, you know, setting that boundary. Now, I would say this. Do not use that as an excuse to not minister to your spouse. As a man, as a head of your home, you are called to be a you're you're called to be the priest of your home. Mm-hmm. We as a family we minister to the Lord, but at the same time you have to be willing to minister to your children, your spouse. And it doesn't mean you just go, Oh, okay, like go pray, because I don't want to hear you vent. Right. And and there is a balance. Yeah, there is. Now I think in that moment, I don't think I was necessarily looking for you to complete me in that specific instance. Well, no. I was hurt. Yeah. And I just wanted to be heard. Um, but you see it all the time where spouses will pull so much from the other person and expect so much from the other person to where if their life is in complete shambles, then they expect their spouse to fix it. And that's a huge, like that, that's not your job, you know? And I think, but we went into our marriage knowing that at the beginning that God is our source individually and as a couple. Yeah. Like he is everything. And so, um, that's something I would suggest, and we do talk about to young couples that we speak to going into marriage, knowing that like your spouse is not the one that's supposed to complete you. They're yeah. supposed to add to. 
Yeah. But they don't complete you. They don't take all the things that are missing in your life and in like your heart. If you have a sour day, it's not my job to make your day better. Yeah. Now, we can come in and we can sit with each other. Yeah. But we can hear each other out and then ask the Holy Spirit. This is one thing I'm big on. Father, like, what can I do to speak life to her at this moment? What can I do to encourage her? What can I say to comfort her? Do I just need to hold her? What do like what's my like what's my role in this? And sometimes it's hey, go do the dishes for her. Tell yeah. her to go get a bath. Yep. Or sometimes it's tell her to go pray. Mhm. Take the kids outside so she can just spend some time with me. Right. So, I think that's Yeah, that's good. That's so, good. in wrapping this up, mm-hmm. so what are some just practical things as far as planning a wedding? Just like getting a wedding planner is it worth it you think i think it's worth it there are so many different options some are very extensive but one thing i really liked about the wedding planner um that i had was in the back of it where it went over um like the photography it had a list of all the possible pictures that you could want so that you could have that list with you and present it to your photographer to make sure so you're talking about a book i'm talking talking about about a book right? right i'm talking about a book you can buy a wedding planner and my favorite thing about that wedding planner was it showed it kind of walked you through by this point you yeah. should have this done when to have your wedding license when to do all the things but my very favorite part was the photography page where it had a like in-laws siblings like it had a checklist. a checklist of all of the possible pictures that you could want so that nothing was forgotten yeah. because in a wedding and things like that things get crazy everyone's standing there waiting to get pictures but it's important for you to be able to provide your photographer with i specifically want yeah. these and we definitely recommend getting a photographer mm-hmm. you're not going to remember every detail of that day and you unfortunately you may forget who even showed up and seeing the wedding photos one it's always nice to just be reminded of that day but two it's it literally they capture the moment and that's so beautiful yeah. So that's our practical tip on wedding planning is getting premarital wedding. counseling. Yes, by far. And a wedding planner. Like getting a wedding planner, like a book, is fine. I mean, you could hire someone, but a book is great. If you can afford it, hire somebody. <laughs> yes, but, but a book is helpful if you're on a budget. Okay. And then all the things we talked about marriage. as far as marriage. Expectations. Expectations, setting boundaries, understanding you have to share things. Yeah, um, being vulnerable. We didn't mm-hmm. go into that detail, but, um, you know, on a wedding night, there's a vulnerability. You see yeah. each other for the first time without it. You see each other naked, physically. Mm-hmm. Well, now you get in marriage, you should be able to see each other emotionally, see each other spiritually. You'll be able to see every hurt, every insecurity, and to not judge, but to help your partner grow and build, like to grow out of those insecurities, but to... To really just be there with them. But it takes exposing yourself yeah. to your spouse and understanding that you're my life partner. Like yeah. You're my my running partner. We chase after Jesus together. Mm-hmm. We do life together. We have we have a family together. But like you're not my enemy. Yeah. So we're a team. We're a team and understanding that from the beginning to the end. And I think that's probably one of the best keys to having a successful marriage. We're only seven years in. (laughs) But I think as long as we keep Jesus at the center and as long as we understand that no matter when we start butting heads, we have to remember we're on the same team. Yeah, and let's pray. Go ahead and close it out. Father, I thank you for everyone who listens to this podcast. We thank you, Father, that you speak life to them, Lord. You minister to their hearts, to their minds. I thank you, Father, if they're in the middle of planning a wedding, you just give them divine wisdom 
We pray that you just remove any form of anxiety. And for those who are married, Lord, if they haven't set healthy boundaries, if they still haven't done uh, or gone over these expectations, that you allow them to have these conversations that will lead to life and growth and not lead to conflict, to destruction and to cutting one each other down. So we thank you for that, Father. I thank you, Lord, that everyone has a great week for the upcoming week. And we thank you, Father, that you just, again, you speak life into them, God. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right, we'll see you guys next time. Oh, 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 oh,